ladies and gentlemen, fresh off the 4th of July weekend, we're here again talking about week 13 of MLB action. College baseball may be over, but professional baseball is still kicking it up. The millionaires playing for the billionaires for our enjoyment, and we're just going to take it the rest of the way. It's America's pastime at the highest level. We're just going to be covering it all fresh off the holiday weekend. I'm Barrett Boombostic, joined as always by my co-host and right-hand man, Travis T-Bone Lovely. Travis, how was your 4th of July weekend? Oh, it was fantastic, Boom. I, I, if it looks like correctly, you uh, you made it down to the beach, uh, oh, yeah. down the river around Corpus. Uh, mm-hmm. I was up here in the DFW area uh, still and... Um, Went out to uh, see the Rough Riders play on Saturday night with some friends. Nice. Got to look at the uh, look at the future of uh, of the Texas yes. Rangers there and their uh, the their Double A organization. And uh, you know, there's some there's some good baseball being played up there. There's some really talented guys. Uh, you know, some guys that are very highly uh, rated prospects. Some guys who are high draft picks in recent years uh, and uh, formerly very successful college players as well, uh, and some international guys too out nice. there they're coming up so it really it, it yeah it's it's cool going to those games and seeing uh yeah. seeing now that it's it's different from what i feel like has been kind of recently that you just kind of it was a mixed bag of uh what you would get out there uh but that was a really fun time uh it was uh it was out by the pool uh uh yesterday as well with some friends too uh so soaked up that sun got uh got pretty dehydrated in the process uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. But overall, a fun weekend. I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah, I was down on the Texas coast. I wish I could have gone to a Corpus Christi Hooks game. It's on my bucket list. I have yet to go. Yes, but the it's... Hooks were playing the uh, the Rough Riders up in Frisco. Well, so. okay. Well, even if I wanted to, I guess I couldn't. So, <laughs> But one of these days, we go down to that part of the state a lot. We have a bay house uh, near Corpus. So uh, we're just 30 minutes away from Corpus, actually. So I would definitely want to go to Rough Riders. No. A hooks game, Corpus Christi hooks the double A affiliate for the Astros, but the lab, but alas, we did not. Uh, we were just chilling, you know, doing some fishing. That sea breeze is so therapeutic. It was just sleeping in at times, swimming with the kids, building sandcastles. It's just, it's timeless, man. It's the stuff you live for. It's the stuff you get up every day, do your hard work for. It's just the good old family time. Yeah, man, I think I love that about the uh, the, the Gulf Coast is um, I, it's not so much Texas for me, but out in Florida, the Florida Gulf Coast uh, around Pensacola. Uh, spent spent a lot of time there uh, nice. growing up as my uh, my aunt lives out there, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, even in the summer, um, it is uh, it, you know if even without humid it is uh, and quite warm in the mornings. Like just the sea breeze is so nice there, yeah, really and it's is. just. Wow. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's something different down there. It's uh, it's a little, it's a little. I don't know if I would say it's full. It's a little slice of heaven, but it's just it's a little slice <laughs> of goodness, is what it is. A slice of goodness, man. It's therapeutic. You should try it out. But yeah, uh, it was very crowded. Everyone's. This is the time of year to go to the coast, man. Just anywhere. But well, wherever y'all are, thank y'all for joining us. Thank you for watching in and. We're going to kick off the last half of the year strong, guys. We're going to be doing a whole lot more of our favorite segment, which we are doing right now. Trav, what what am I talking about? That is right, friends. We are bringing back an original segment of No Doubter here. Yes. Uh, as our content focus has expanded here, as you know, we were really, for, for several months, 
neck deep into the college baseball scene. Uh, we've, uh, we've expanded our show this year or two to really, uh, really, uh, get, get more interviews in more appearances of, uh, bringing creators on going on other channels, things of that nature. We've just kind of, uh, we've just kind of shifted priorities a little bit, but we're really focusing on major league baseball here, kind of getting back to basics for the time being. Mm-hmm. That means we also get back to basics with a, yes. uh, with an old segment here that we call poor and score. Where uh, myself and Boom, we each have a uh, have an adult beverage of choice, a, uh, a beverage that is uh, vast majority of the time is local. Uh, some some place you know it's here in DFW uh, where we are, or uh, another part of the country there. Uh, you know, a local brewer, distiller, winemaker, whatever it is. There we uh, will will uh, uh, pop open one of these beverages and uh, each on our end, and we'll give it a uh, give it a taste, rate it. And uh, you know, be sipping on it here during our show, uh, because you know, when you're when you're enjoying America's greatest pastime, you need to have uh, have an adult beverage of choice as well to to celebrate. Because when you pour, you score. It's just mm-hmm. that simple. Um, so, boom! I'll uh, as, we, as we bring back this fantastic segment again for uh, the second week in a row. I will turn it over to you to what you're drinking this evening. All righty. Well, I'm going to be drinking a, a bourbon this evening uh, as enjoying the fire, finer things in life. I want to give a shout out to my brother-in-law, Brad, for hooking me up with this bottle. It was very generous of him. And uh, as I read the back, it is very patriotic of this bourbon. I wonder if um, that, w- that went into the thinking. But regardless, it was very good. So if y'all are watching, feel free to comment in join in you know pour a beverage of your choice we'd love to hear what y'all are drinking this evening but as for me it's coming when it comes to bourbons kentucky is the mecca of bourbon and this right here is no exception eagle rare that's right oh that i mean that bottle looks fantastic i mean that looks more like a wine bottle than it does uh (laughs) than it does bourbon it is a very tall bourbon bottle bourbon wine bottles pretty much all look the same but bourbon bottles are very different you have the blantons which is like a little orb and yeah. then this one is just i mean look at that presentation is on point oh yes now this here is from one of the most well-known distilleries in america buffalo trace so let me go ahead and read the back here this is straight from the heart of kentucky Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the cornerstones of the birth of of a nation, epitomized by the American Bald Eagle. Again, 4th of July. I mean, I was having some of this over the weekend. This is a brand new bottle, but there was another another bottle that I was enjoying this, and this is so darn good. I'm about to have it. So anyway, the nation has come to represent the freedom and spirit of independence of the individual, giving the world products of the innovations that are uniquely its own. Man, it's just this has got America written all over it right here. One such invention was Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. That is, in fact, early Kentucky settlers created bourbon, the true American spirit in the late 1700s. By practice and protected by law, no other distilled spirit adheres to standard, strict as those established for Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And few other whiskeys can offer even a glimpse of the great whiskey making found in Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare 10-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey so it's been aged for 10 years, has a sweet, oaky nose and full, complex body, reminiscent of a full port wine. This rare whiskey is best served neat 
or over ice. Of course, feel free to drink Eagle Rare in such classic cocktails as the Manhattan or Whiskey Sour. So, I mean, that's quite an introduction right there. It's been aged for 10 years. I'm not exactly finding the proof. No, there it's a 90 proof. So, 45% alcohol. So, definitely not too crazy. Very approachable, but I'm going to go ahead and pour it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be a little little generous this evening. So the first crack at it. Put the bottle back on. Boom. All right. Pouring it in a personalized Glencairn glass. Uh, my wife gave this to me for, I believe it was my birthday. Best wife in the world. Cheers to my better half. All right, pretty good color. Nice, nice nose. Very, mm. it's just a great nose. Just you can tell the textures there. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just dive in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, that's so good. It's just, it's smooth. It's not quite like Scotch smooth, like an 80 proof, but it's a 90 proof, so it's a one notch above. So, but man, it's just. It's very approachable, I would say, because it's in that lower proof range. But yeah, mm. so a good gateway bourbon. I would say so. Although this is kind of hard to find, you would probably want to start with the Buffalo Trace, the classic Buffalo Trace. But if you're able to shell out a few more dollars, Eagle Rare is what I personally prefer. Uh, is oh, with a name like Eagle Rare, it makes sense that it's harder <laughs> to find. <laughs> it is a little more pricier than the Buffalo Trace, which is their standard one. Um, I just don't know. There's just something about this. It's just, it's got a good aftertaste to it. I mean, it's just, it's sweet. It really hits you there. So it's, it's approachable, but yet, it's it's all of ninety proof. So I'm gonna go ahead and give this. I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten which is it's pretty darn good when it comes to bourbons. So, again, once again, Eagle Rare from Buffalo Trace Distillery, straight in the heart of Kentucky. It is local for y'all, for your Kentucky. Of course, if you're bourbon, you have to do Kentucky. But we have had plenty of Texas bourbons on here, and we will continue to go across the globe. So, there you go. What are you drinking, T-Money? Out of Tufts Brewery in McKinney, Texas, I've got the DDH... I, IPA double dry hopped IPA alpha drop mm. it is an India pale ale brewed with galaxy Nelson Sauvin, cryo citra and cryo mosaic hops. So mm. uh, of the West coast variety here, uh, IPA with our uh, friends at Tups up in McKinney, Collin County here in the DFW area. And uh, a little bit here written apparently by Chris, the head brewer at Tups on the back. It says, call it our accumulated knowledge, call it the best of them all, call it whatever you want. It's just good really good and so uh it's yeah they get lists out like the, the malt profile the hot profile the nice. yeast profile so four out of five on the body uh fruits and citrus both uh, uh score five out of five three out of five on the floral and then on the yeast profile for fruits four out of five so i'm gonna open this bad boy up here i don't know if i've had a beer from this brewery i am aware of it though i i might have in fact that that can does look very familiar so yeah, so oh i should probably not pour mm. oh whoa hold party foul y'all i'm uh <laughs> i should like 
yeah, hold on one second. We're gonna. Oh, <laughs> here was... we go. A casualty, ladies and gentlemen. Travis off camera. Oh my gosh. We just, I guess we're just coming back from the holiday weekend and it's a rude awakening. Oh, he's got the towel. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, he has the towel. He is wiping away his party towel. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> oh, that. All right. I'm trying not to make a mess and I'm trying not to, uh, to, to ruin my laptop and possibly electrocute myself in the process here. So, yeah, let's get this. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Holly weekend was just too much for you, man. <laughs> a slap really in let the face. myself go here. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just today's a Tuesday, but it feels like a Monday. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty productive day for me work wise, uh, all there things considered. But anyways, back to the business at hand here. Now that I've uh, somewhat kind of cleaned <laughs> up my workstation here, um, didn't uh, do any damage to any of the uh, the important stuff here. So we're good. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, look at first that. off. First off here, yeah, this is what the uh, the can looks like here. Pdh Alpha Drop IPA. Double dry hopped. Yeah, IPA. double dry hopped. Kind of a uh, yeah. So. Pretty basic uh, can design. They're not, uh, uh, you know, it's a good, good, good art. It's not the uh, the most eccentric in the world, but definitely a good design for it that they've done. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're looking at here with the beer. So, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that it's, it is uh, it does have mosaic as part of it, but it's not quite as uh, as dark of a hue. It's uh, kind of a little hazy to go with it here. So, good head. Yeah, the malt is very apparent up front there, kind of on the uh, the tip of the tongue. You can definitely get those notes of the uh, the fruit and the citrus uh, as it goes down. It's very smooth, but it's very bold, and, uh, and it has all the elements to it just very uh, there on display. You know, it's it's hoppy, uh, but I, I I feel like this is maybe the first double dry hops I've ever hmm. tasted here on the show. Um, but it's. It kind of puts the hops almost on like the back end of uh, of what you get with the feeling when you're uh, when you're drinking it. Um, mm, compared, they're to definitely the, they're definitely there though. They are definitely there though. They're part of it, but I think they're uh, they're part of like a more holistic package uh, okay. of the beer. Uh, but kind of with some of the rest of the notes that you get with the uh, with the malt and the uh, the yeast that goes with it. So um, yeah, you know this is a. Uh, this actually isn't the first time I've uh, I've tasted this beer. I got a six pack at the store of it and drank one the other day. And the first time around, it didn't super impress me. Uh, in fact, it was probably it was just kind of one of like the not as uh, much of a favorite among mm -hmm. uh, among the uh, the hop variety of beers that I've uh, I've tried before. However, it definitely um, it definitely this time around. Uh, it has worked its way up and uh, earned some points back from me. I'm going to give this a good, uh, a solid 8 out of 10. There you go. 8 out of 10. Double dry hopped from Tups in McKinney, Texas. That's how you drink logo right there. Yeah. Dry hopped. They put all the hops in at the end, and it just really gives you a hoppy aftertaste. Yes. There. Yeah, the hoppiness is definitely more of like an aftertaste. 
kind of compared to it being more of like the head and the notes up front, which is, I think, the, the difference there. But still a very good beer. There you go. And as we always like to end off this segment, we want to remind our audience to please drink responsibly. So, yes, sir. The only way. The only way. Cheers, man. Cheers, friend. Happy, happy belated 4th of July, America. Baby. Man, America coming up on its 250th. I believe in 2026, it'll be 250 years, man. It's a long time. <laughs> a long time, but not really when you compare it to other countries and how <laughs> long they've been countries. So still relatively young in the stream of things. But anyway, we digress. We're going to get right into the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and we start off our MLB shows as we always do. No doubter of the week. So, Let's get this party started, and this one is going to come straight from the Windy City itself. That's right. Uh, um, if you're looking for wisdom, uh, look no further than where we are about to show you right now. We're, of course, talking about the Cubs' own Patrick Wisdom. So let's set the scene. Here we are. This took place on July 3rd, the day before. So it's happening. And Wrigley Field, of course. They're facing the Red Sox. They're down 2-1 in the bottom of the eighth. Ooh, they need to... And, and this guy's only two pitches in. Strom facing up against number four, the cleanup hitter, Wisdom. They're down by one run. They need to win the game. How are they going to do it? Well, I'll tell you how. Coming in, wide left, all right. Boom. Patrick Wisdom sends it deep into center field bobbing for it they weren't even ready for it because they don't they rarely get it i mean just look at that guy ah <laughs> he's so happy patrick wisdom showing don't well i don't even know what he's showing is he showing a buzzer is he is he showing the scene of the crime look at that camel work beautiful one more time just right down the middle 95 mile an hour fastball I mean, it kind of bobs a little bit. Don't even know how that guy got it. He's just reaching down, and then he's like, yes, yes, I've been, what, what is he showing there? Come on, man. Is that a tattoo? Jose Altuve tattoo? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I can joke about it too, right? So, oh, that was fun. Look at that. So that's beauty right there. 450 feet, 110 miles off the bat. So congratulations, Patrick Wisdom. A true sight to be seen, to behold, shall I say. But providing some action there uh, in Wrigleyville for what's been a tough season for Cubby fans. Uh, yes, it has been a tough season for both teams, really. So yeah, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like mean, you can just bandwagon it to the south side <laughs> yeah just t- tough baseball this year in chicago but uh yes yeah but i, get, I mean there's not <laughs> yeah i mean the bulls did decent this year in the nba playoffs but yeah i feel like this city of chicago just seems like a perpetual struggle bus sports wise for uh <laughs> finding anything for them to be able to cheer out up there yeah white Sox one in 05 cubs one in 2016 the Bulls with MJ, obviously, that was the last time the Bulls were relevant. And ever since then, they've just been in shambles. Uh, <laughs> six championships in eight God. years. If Derek Rose's <laughs> knee held together, 
man, what they, what, what could? Have been? Oh, he would carry the team on his back. Right. Yes, <laughs> Derrick Rose. Uh, where the heck is that guy now? I think he's. <laughs> He's playing. He's still playing somewhere. I forget which team he's on now. He's been. He's been kind of like a journeyman since he left uh, Chicago. <laughs> and is, I mean, the, the man you know, grew up in Inglewood there, um, uh, the south side of Chicago, uh, like very much a beloved figure in the city. So, I mean, whenever he goes there, I mean, it's a standing ovation, regardless. Oh yeah, I mean, they didn't really mount anything, but hey, <laughs> you you can still love the guy. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like LeBron who can come back and win a championship, a one yeah. singular championship but a championship nonetheless. So, but uh, moving on to, to baseball, which is what we're here for. So um, let's just kind of get into it. The meat of the show, Trav, let's start off on the Eastern part of the country. Yes, we'll we'll take it out to the American League East, to part of the country where you know the weather, uh, other than uh, down in Tampa, is pretty nice this time of year in all these cities. It's kind of comparative to the uh, uh, <laughs> to the uh, <laughs> just what feels like a stove here in uh, in Texas. It's uh, pretty nice up in the, uh, up in that part of the country there, uh, the Northeast, the Upper East Coast. Um, so be nice to be up there at this point in time right now, but you know, we can still talk about these teams here and live vicariously through them. And with the Yankees, uh, the York Yankees, they, you know, they still are on top of things here, uh, in the American league East, they have shown just a little bit of, uh, uh a little bit of humanity and that they are, uh, are vulnerable as of the past week, splitting a series with the Astros. They did sweep the, uh, they did sweep the, um, uh, Oh yeah, there was like a one game at the Astros where they uh, they played kind of by they lost. Them. Yeah, they two to lost. one. That say uh, it must have been a makeup game. They just had that. It, 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 game. It, it, it's it sure was. It was very random. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, every team has just kind of like those random like one or two off <laughs> makeup games uh, on the schedule because of uh, the season starting a week late this year. Uh, but they swept the uh, swept the A's, got the series win over the Guardians. Uh, game one of that, uh, actually, so far, I think they have should have one game uh, that they're going to have to go play back later with that Guardian series because uh, there was some weather up in Cleveland that affected uh, that that game being played. But anyways, right now, the Yankees, they're 6-4 and four on their last 10 games, shown just a little bit of vulnerability, a little bit of humanity out of this club, but still far away, uh, the best team in the American League East and all of Major League Baseball right now with 162 uh plus run differential uh 403 runs scored on the year only allowed 241 runs that's just ridiculous at this point right now uh the boston red sox uh they are they continue to sit uh 13 games behind right now but very much in the wild card race the wild card right now in the american league uh one two three completely uh completely is occupied by the AL East with the Red Sox leading it. Uh, the Blue Jays just half a game behind there uh, in the division and the wild card race as well. And then the Tampa Bay Rays occupying that third and final spot in the AL wild card race. Uh, Red Sox right now, um, you know, they've uh, they've got Chris Sale that is finally going to be coming back soon. Uh, Nathan Uvalde, uh, the shortstop, is also uh, on his way back. Um Let's way back soon for this Red Sox club. Um, you know, they had an unfortunate series drop uh, at Chicago uh, over the weekend. 
They uh, dropped serious against the Blue Jays as well. Did sweep the Guardians, did sweep the Tigers, uh, did get a series win over the Cardinals uh, as of recent. Um, you know, things continue to trend in the right direction for this club. And I, I think, you know, you've you've expressed maybe a little bit more skepticism than I have uh, uh, as to the uh, mm-hmm. really the long-term uh, ability to, to, continue to, to maintain success for this club here. Uh, however, I think they do have some, they have some good talent. They have some guys that are rising to the top. And I think, you know, the, them getting healthy, especially at this time of year, really, really key to having a, uh, a strong end to the year uh, and uh, seeing what their, uh, what their wild card matchup might be. And I think, you know, this, uh, this Red Sox team still has uh, an opportunity to do some damage heading into the postseason. So as long as they make it Toronto Blue Jays, they also continue to be just right there. Uh, in the race as well, uh, as I said, for the wild card, uh, Blue Jays, uh, they are on a four game losing streak right now. They're four and six in our last 10 games. They have hit a little bit of roadblock, uh, right now. Uh, you know, on the offensive side of things, it is, has, has been for much of the year right now. Alejandro Kirk, the center slashing 315, 405, 505. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Just doing Vlad Guerrero Jr. Things with 19 home runs on the year, 53 RBIs and a 266 batting average. Uh, you know, pitching, we've talked about it being the, uh, the Alec Manoa show this year. Uh, the young player, the young West Virginia Mountaineer has done a fantastic job uh, out on the mound for this team. But Kevin Gosman has just also, we got to give a nod to him. He has oh, hit the yeah. century mark now in strikeouts uh, on yes. a year with 100 on the season. Six wins credited to him as a starter, which is the 286 ERA. So, yeah, you know, the, the Blue Jays, if they could just find some some, some consistency, uh, if things... Uh, if they could just maybe turn it up a notch compared to where they are right now, this could also be a really dangerous team heading into the postseason. Um, so yeah, really it maintains the one, two, three, as we've talked about with the, with this club in recent weeks, uh, the, the rays are right there. They're just, uh, they just don't have quite, I think like the firepower and talent, um, this year as they've shown only a plus 15 round differential five and five in their last 10 games. I mean, they're right there, but I think the, three most uh, outside the Yankees, the two most viable teams um, here in the American league, I think to do uh, American league East that is that can do damage this postseason right now are probably the Red Sox and the blue Jays. There you go. It's it's it, it the Yankees continue to have a stranglehold. I just, I, it is the, the Astros Yankees game was definitely very telling because they split the four-game series. Astros easily could have won three out of four. It was because they blew a three-run lead in the bottom of the ninth. So it was all on one pitcher. They easily could have won. So the Yankees do have some weakness. So I don't know. I mean, it's just the Yankees fans have got to be worried because when it comes to the playoffs, they're going to have to face the Astros at some point. I'm just the target is on their back right now. Like yeah, <laughs> you know, they're the hunted. And I know, I mean, the Twins could give you a good run for your money. And the Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox play the Yankees real well. So, I mean, but you're going to get that number one seed unless something catastrophic happens. Really, it's a battle between the Yankees and the Astros with the number one seed. Regardless, the the top two seeds get a bye. So you get to rest your pitchers a little bit. So I think they really need to go for that. And if they can rest their pitchers, they put themselves in the best position they possibly can to 
really hit that division series hard and everyone else is going to be fighting for scraps. I, I am very impressed by the Red Sox and how they've turned things around. Uh, I mean, they're the number one wildcard team at this point. So their fans are pretty got to be pretty stoked about that. And plus, we're we're technically not even at the halfway point. So a 13 lead, 13 run lead. Yeah, I mean, that's good, but it could technically disappear. I mean, you go on a bad losing streak, the other team goes on a pretty good win streak, then yeah, I think it could be cut in half pretty quick. So you got to fight to the end. So, but yeah, it, it's just if the Yankees were just a normal team, then really you would have a four team tie like it normally is. But just the Yankees are just, they just said, screw it, we're going to do roids. <laughs> <laughs> and Manfred's not going to care because Manfred secretly wants the Yankees in the World Series. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're, they're slipping some they money. They want that under. TV money. <laughs> yes, they're, they're definitely slipping him some money under the table. They're just like, hey, come on now. We're, uh, we're going to roid it up this year, but you're not going to do anything, right? Right? <laughs> oh, man. Paying other teams to throw games so that way uh, the Yankees <laughs> could... Uh... Yes, it's bad when teams do it like the what the Black Sox. But when the, but when Oprah when the management. commissioner is uh, <laughs> when the commissioner does writing okay. checks to make it, he's above the law. <laughs> Friends, we are not saying that this is uh, what's happening at all. We uh, we we deny this one hundred percent, just in case no, uh, anybody from the uh, we're just joking, guys. Gets I mean, <laughs> gets a hold of this podcast here. Uh, uh, are not making accusations. Podcast here, yeah. We we're gonna get a cease and desist letter. <laughs> we're just making a joke, guys. Come on, take a joke. Take a joke. Anyway, uh, moving to the NL East, and it's still the Mets show. Although the Braves continue to claw their way into relevancy, three and a half games back, uh, but the Mets are still the best team. Um, in the East, I should say, we'll get to the Dodgers in a bit and how they are really vying for that title as the best team in the NL. But as for the Mets, they have a lot of good things going for them. Scherzer, a start from Scherzer is imminent. He is about to enter into the fray. Jacob deGrom is going to be making a rehab start this Friday for the St. Lucie Mets. So come on, your rotation is about to be at full strength. I know Chris Bassett is injured, is having an illness, but he will be back Thursday. Scherzer is basically coming back in the next few days. And DeGrom, with a rehab start this Friday, I would imagine he'd be in there for sure by the All-Star break. So second half of the season, the Mets are going to be at full strength. And they're already good. And so I just, I mean... You've got to give them an edge. The Dodgers are heating up because their their roster's deep, but the Mets I'm going to be very eager to see if they can do this, can push it all the way to the end and not screw it up like they did last time. Uh, but they do have some weaknesses. They were swept by the Astros. They won a they won a series against the Marlins, but they were swept by the Astros again. The Astros, the bane of their existence. They won the series over the weekend against the Rangers. They won the first, lost the second, but then won the third, the rubber match. And on July 4th, they beat the Reds 7-4. to So this team is 5-5, five and five, their last 10. They're currently on a two-game win streak. And it's just it's the usual suspects that continue to produce. Francisco Lindor, 
13 bombs, doing phenomenal. Pete Alonso having the best year of his career. 22 bombs, 901 OPS. Are you kidding me? That's insanity. Starling Marte with a 2.4 wins above replacement, 789 OPS. He fits. It's just he was meant to play there. That's just Steve Cohen knew what he was doing. He was meant to play there, guys. Jeff McNeil continues to have an 824 OPS. Extremely impressive to see him contributing, which definitely adds to the mix. Uh, Chris Bassett, you know, with him, even though he's injured, he still has a 401 ERA. Carrasco's got a 464. He got lit up by the Astros as of recent. Uh, Taiwan Walker, 286 ERA. Uh, Max Scherzer is about to come back into the fray. And... Um, I think they need him. I think the pitching held off pretty well without DeGrom and Scherzer. Their runs allowed is pretty darn good, all things considered. But but the Braves, they've just been taking advantage of the fact that the Mets have been absent DeGrom and Scherzer. They just continue to they just continue to get those wins and with Acuna back, they have really benefited from it. They are six and four of their last ten. They are three and a half games back, forty-seven and thirty-four. As of recent, they won a series against the Phillies. They won against the Reds, and they won a game against the Cardinals on the Fourth of July of all days. So this team is just—they're proving that they won the World Series last year. They still have the usual suspects: Dansby Swatson, that guy. Quite could quite possibly be an all-star. 14 bombs, 868 OPS. Matt Olson fits like a, a glove. 12 bombs, 817 OPS. Austin Riley, 20 bombs, 855 OPS. So underrated, it's criminal at this point if you don't recognize his greatness. Uh, pitching can definitely... It can do better. Now, it's not terrible. I mean, 332 runs allowed isn't too shabby. Um, but really, I want some more out of Charlie Morton. He did do a very impressive start the other day. But overall, his ERA is still a 434. Really want to see that go down. Max Freed, 266 ERA, elite. Kyle Wright, 291 ERA, totally elite. I mean, Max Freed pitching 100 innings, for crying out loud. I mean, carry that team on your horse, man. He's definitely your ace at this point. Kenley Jansen, he's doing Kenley Jansen things. 358 ERA, which, I mean, it's not great. Colin McHugh, 382. Come on, man. He's got to rep the eights a little bit there. But anyway, this is turning into a two-horse race. The Phillies are eight games back. Yeah, they might come back in, but uh, Harper's going to be out for a while. So uh, the Mets, I mean, they had an iron grip on this, but it really isn't that much of an iron grip at this point. So I don't know. It's, I think there's something to the Braves though, but I don't know. It's just, it, it's going to be close. I just, I don't really, I can't really pick one or the other. I just going to have to wait to see because with the and Scherzer coming back, I think that's just going to weep dividends. I mean, two out of your five pitchers being some of the best pitchers in baseball. I personally think that's going to just put him over the edge and have him win the division outright. But you never truly know. Because the Braves are one of the most scrappiest teams in baseball. So, uh, an invigorating division, nonetheless. 
That it is. That it is. A lot of fun baseball being played out on the uh, the Upper East Coast of the U.S. right now. Uh, and I'm down Florida as well, too, getting, giving a nod to uh, uh, to the Marlins down there. Uh, mm-hmm. But now we are going to take it to start making our way out west. And, you know, as you make your way out west from the East Coast, you first and foremost hit America's heartland. Yes, that's right. We're talking about the AL Central. And first off, we're going to talk about the division-leading Minnesota Twins that remain uh, still right there very much in the thick of this uh, and uh, in the driver's seat right now in this race. Uh, six and four in their last 10 games. They have the plus 47 run differential on the year. Uh, they are working through a little bit of an injury situation right now. Uh, Chris Archer is uh, has gone on the, uh, the IL uh, with a hip issue. Right now, uh, they're going to be hoping to get him back uh, sooner than later. Uh, but, you know, you continue to have guys like Luis Arias and Byron Buxton just continue to do, to do their thing on the offensive side of things. Joe Ryan shows no uh, no signs of, uh, of slowing up really right now. Uh, you'd like to see maybe his ERA improve just a little bit from that uh, three-flat number that he's sitting at right now. Uh, but the man knows how to, how to get strikeouts, uh, knows how to, uh, to close out innings and ultimately get wins. Uh, uh, as a starter certainly is very good uh for for this uh for this team here and for keeping them in the division race uh the guardians they sit just behind as well uh, uh the guardians are two games outside the wild card race at this point and a three and a half games behind the uh the central division lead they're currently working with the fun differential right now. Unfortunately, as a team, minus three uh, on the season right now. Lost a couple of games. They're four and six in their last ten. Uh, but you know they've got uh, Guardians. Do have some uh, some good pieces that you uh, really like have to like here. Uh, you know we've talked about on the offensive end here. Uh, Jose Ramirez certainly. Andres Jimenez, the second baseman too. Got to give a shout out to him. Uh, slashing 300, 350, and 489 on the year. Now, on the pitching side of things, you know, we've talked about it being the Shane Bieber show up there in Cleveland. Uh, Tristan McKenzie as well, too, is uh, is uh, starting to look like a nice piece uh, in this pitching rotation, uh, helping out as well. Five wins uh, credited to him as a starter with a 371 ERA and 80 strikeouts. You'd like to see that ERA get a little bit lower. Uh, but, you know, he can get he can, he can strike out guys, and that's a sign of being able to get out innings. Uh, the most when it counts uh, on this side, uh, for sure. And then the White Sox, um, you know, the White Sox, they do get, um, they're going to get uh, uh, Eloy Jimenez uh, back uh, this week. Uh, however, uh, I mean, it's just, as we've talked about before, until the until the White Sox show us anything different than they have been this entire year, uh, I mean, just there's no consistency. Like they get, they, they had a, sweep of who was it was it their crosstown rival in the cubs i think they swept uh a few days ago no it was the it was the giants they got a sweep they got a sweep at the giants uh you know drop a series at the angels lose three out of four to the orioles uh lose your opening game uh to the twins um just (laughs) (laughs) chicago white Sox doing chicago white Sox things unfortunately this year uh, and just a collective, <laughs> uh, collective wringing of hands and wondering, uh, what, what is the, the future of Tony La Russa there still with that, 
with that organization. Um, but yeah, looks where looks continually right now, like Minnesota, uh, has the upper hand right there with Cleveland being not far behind and it's a two horse race until anybody else can prove otherwise. Yep. Just not very, not, you know, don't have a lot of whole faith in this, it, in the Sox, it's the twins and guardians are taking advantage of the fact that the Sox are just massively underperforming negative 39 run differential. I mean, yuck. Oh, and, but they're only five and a half back. It is technically possible, but I just think there's just something perpetually wrong with this team. I mean, yeah, they lost or dawn, but they still have everybody else. Tim Anderson, Therese Robert. I mean, Come on, you know, <laughs> you got your pitching staff, Lucas Giolito. I mean, Lance Lynn, there's just nothing, something's up. And upper level management needs to make a change because I don't know, maybe it's a culture thing, but I don't know. Yeah, so you we expected uh, pitching to be a strong suit of this team coming in this yes. year, and it is not been that whatsoever. <laughs> you know what we need to do? We need to so- settle this once and for all. We need to have. Um, a friend of the pod, Ashley Sanders, back on. Maybe we can do a mid-season, you know, look at this team. Yeah, and we need to we need to invite her on, and we just need her to like spill everything that's been going on up there in the South Side because it's she she obviously is tuned in with that team day in yes. and day out. There, that has been very vocal at points on Twitter as well. Yes. Uh, with it, if she can give us like the full lowdown of what. Uh, what on earth is going on uh, there at Guaranteed Rate Field? That would uh, that would certainly help us out. Oh yes, so hope to hope to have a lot more friends of the pod for the remainder of the year. So uh, we will let definitely let you know if that is a possibility. So hope to have her on again. But uh, moving on to the NL Central, this too is a two horse race between the Brewers and the Cardinals. The Brewers. They have a three-game lead. They're 47-35. and 35. They're on a two-game win streak, winning seven out of their last ten. Uh, this is a team that all they'll, their offense is underwhelming. Um, I mean, I say underwhelming. It's Their run scored is actually pretty decent. But it's just they don't just it, – it's, it's not flashy. Let's say that. You have other teams that have all-stars. I don't think any of these guys are going to be all-stars in all – honesty but they still managed to get the job done christian yelich eight bombs 739 ops pretty solid rowdy telez 16 bombs 796 ops very solid indeed willie adamas 16 bombs 750 ops also very solid but i mean come on you got wong you got tyrone taylor you got hunter renfro all sporting ops is above 700 so yeah they're average but they're getting the runs when they count on the pitching end, it's pretty solid itself. Corbin Burns, their ace, 236 ERA. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily a front runner for the Cy Young, but he's definitely a contender for sure. Uh, pitching 99 innings, a 0.92 whip, which is very impressive. 3.1 wins above replacements for a pitcher, which that's just that's outstanding because no other pitcher on their staff has anything close to that. Eric Lauer, three eighty four ERA. Uh, Brandon Woodruff finally starting to dial it bit, dial it in, uh, three ninety five ERA. And but then of course you had the best closer in baseball by a mile and a half in Josh Hader. Josh Hader, one thirty five ERA. 
it's lights out for a closer. I mean, yeah, he he's given up a few runs, but they are just that a few runs. And by a few, I mean four <laughs> total. <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's just uh, how many times has he been in white? Right? I mean, he's pitched. I mean, come on, 26 innings. It's just, it's elite guys. And he is your secret weapon. Of course, he's not a secret, but uh, he is. I mean, you just, you, you got just pay that man, pay the man. Pay him to be a, a brewer for life. Pay him to, you know, pour and score on your team for the rest of his career. Because seriously, when you have your guy on that team, throw him in any high pressure situation. I mean, my money's on him. He'll get the job done. But you have the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been an interesting team. At one point, they had a brief lead, but I just can't seem to pull ahead. But they are breathing down the neck of the Brewers. They have they have scored more runs and allowed fewer, and yet they are three games back. So what does that mean? It just means that there's just not a whole lot of luck when it comes to the Cardinals, but they don't need luck. This is a team that is just, they are having fun. They are doing what the White Sox are not doing, and they're having fun. And the fun factor is, it is an intangible that is very underrated. They lost the series to the Cubs, won against the Marlins, like everyone else. They lost to the Phillies, though, and they lost the Braves as a reason. So going on a little bit of a reason skid. But you still have the usual suspects leading the team in firepower. Tommy Edmond, 4.2 wins above replacement. Nolan Arenado, 4.1 wins above replacement. Paul Goldschmidt, 4.4 wins above replacement. Video game numbers. Front runner for the MVP, in my opinion. 19 bombs, 340 batting average, 422 on base percentage, 620 slugging for a 1.042 OPS. And this guy's played 78 out of the 80 games. So it's not like he's been out. Uh, it just, yeah, I mean, <laughs> geez, this guy's going to, if he just keeps it up, I mean, I don't know. How do you do that? <laughs> At this point, like, how do you not slow down? <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. Paul Goldschmidt, he's, just, he's on another planet right now. He's, uh, he, I, I can't wait to watch him in the All-Star game. I mean, because he's going to be outside to, to, to behold. Miles Mikolas, 261 ERA. Adam Rainwright, 326. Very impressive for his age. Dakota Hudson, 429. ERA and Andre Palante to 10 miles. Mikolas really establishing himself as the front runner, as their ace with a hundred innings pitched. This is a good team. I, I just think, I think the Cardinals at the edge overall. I think they're going to win the day. It's going to be close though, but I just think that the Cardinals are going to win outright to the end, but the Brewers, I can see them making the play of the wild card for sure. Unless the Giants get hot. But we'll get to that point. But another tight division. Uh, the NL is very exciting. That it is. Yeah, that it is. Yes, the NL Central just continues to be seemingly a back and forth race. Uh, right now, between the Brewers and the Cardinals, uh, Pirates, Cubs, the Reds, uh, good, better luck next year. Uh, and po- <laughs> possibly very possibly in the years to come, uh, knowing y'all's organizations, y'all got some work to do. Um, <laughs> but anyways, we, we take it all the way back to the, a, to the AL West. Now the American league 
And we finish it out further out west now. Uh, first off, talking about the Houston Astros maintaining their 13-game lead uh, as the front runners here in this division. 658 winning percentage on the year now, 52 wins and 27 losses at this point. On a seven-game winning streak as of this uh, as of this recording time that we're doing right now, nine-one in their last ten games. Uh, you know they do great both at home and on the road. Uh, you know, Jordan Alvarez, Air Jordan, he uh, just continues to kill it in everything that he does. Uh, they're slashing 310, 410, 653, 24 home runs on the year for that guy with 57 runs bat in as well. And pitching, you know, we've talked a lot about Justin Verlander here, uh, and certainly he deserves the credit that he does. Uh, but Christian Javier has, uh, uh, you know, has been doing a pretty good job as well uh, for these guys. 95 strikeouts on the year, uh, six wins credited to him with a 258 ERA. So it's good to see that support that uh, that Verlander gets uh, as well uh, from someone like uh, like Mr. Javier. Let's talk real quick about the Seattle Mariners because, you know, we haven't given this team a lot of attention lately just after the hot start that they had to the year. Uh, it seems like over the past, past couple of months that they just come kind of like quietly slipped uh, seemingly to the wayside there. Uh, but, you know, they're they're still fighting and they're, uh, they're hanging in there to this point right now. Uh, the Mariners are 41 and 42 on the year, 13 games behind the Astros. Uh, but more importantly, at this point right now, they're seeing just three and a half games outside of that final wild card position, just ahead, uh, just behind Cleveland, uh, and something just ahead of Chicago, the White Sox right now. Uh, the Seattle Mariners, the offense has really come a lot more alive lately. They're back to a plus 12 run differential, one four in games. They're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, what, what is this Mariners team doing? What is uh, What are kind of key players to know right now? First baseman, Ty France. Slash line 316, 390, and 475. Maybe you'd like to see a little bit more power uh, behind his bats, but you know that's some that's some good consistency that you can uh, you can have at the plate. Julio Rodriguez, the center fielder, uh, 15 home runs on the year with a 277 batting average and 43 runs batted in. And then Ty France is also the RBI leader for this team at 45. Uh, pitching wise, you got Logan Gilbert leading this team with a 261 ERA. He has 10 wins credited to him as a starter and 93 strikeouts on the year. Uh, Logan Gilbert also has, uh, yeah, 10 strikeouts. I just said Robbie Ray leads this team strikeouts at 117. 117. He has seven wins credited to him as a starter and a 362 ERA. Uh, yeah, you know that the uh, you know, the pitching definitely is pretty solid uh, all around here. It's uh, the Walks allowed, probably would say, is the weakest part of this. But I mean, comparatively to uh, <laughs> to the rest of the league, that's still tenth best in all of Major League Baseball. So they're doing a pretty good job, all things considered. That 368 ERA is eighth league, 40 quality starts, it's third in the league. WHIP of 121, it's eighth, and then the walks allowed at 235, it's tenth, as I just said. Uh, offensive wise, it just yeah, the offense has been the issue in terms of just getting getting power and consistency there. Uh, 327 runs on the year. That's only good for 24th. Uh, it's high for that in Major League Baseball. Batting average is also 24th at 234. On base percentage, 13th at 317. And then the slugging percentage, uh, just good for 19th right now at 382. But the Mariners are hanging in there. Um, and, you know, they, uh, they they certainly have a chance um, there. And, 
I, I don't know fully how I feel about them compared like, cause their chances here heading into the second half of the year, uh, slide into one of those three wildcard spots uh, that are currently being held by, uh, by the AL East. Uh, but I think there's some good talents that they certainly are going to be in contention down to the very end. And, um, the certainly pitching is going to have to do a lot of the work for him. Then my Texas Rangers, uh, just once again, no, no real consistency here. They're saying 37 and 41 on the year, uh, just four, four and six in our last 10. They've lost a couple of games in a row. Uh, yeah, so we're doing this recording right now. They're tied Baltimore, uh, seven apiece top of the eighth right now series up there at Camden yards, but, uh, but the Rangers, there, yeah, just can't really seem to find a lot of consistency. Uh, you get two game series wins over uh, over the Phillies, drop a series against the Nationals, uh, win a series on the road at the Royals, uh, drop series at the Mets. They lost the opening game seven to six and in extras uh, in ten innings the other night. Yeah, there's there's good pieces here on this Rangers club. I just it's it's very frustrating for me as a fan. As much as I've uh, I've been happy to see more of the success that they've uh, that they've put together as a team this year. That just the consistency isn't quite there, and they just seem to have a game where they like they absolutely lay an egg, like offensively, or the the pitching just is is very much a struggle and can't match up with the offense um, they put out uh, put out there and. Uh, losing the losing these series to these more uh, inferior teams, but then getting serious wins over better teams. I mean, it's just it's the yeah it they have a they have a problem with consistency right now. Um, and I think they're this is a Rangers organization that is learning how to win. These guys are learning what it's like again to actually experience success, string that together, uh, translate. Uh, translate their game across all teams, uh, not end up like uh, falling asleep on uh, inferior competition, things like that. But I think it's part of the process um, for uh, for for what the Rangers are building right now. Um, I don't see it as a major concern um, in terms of anything long term for them. I think overall, still you have to, as Rangers fans, we'd be very very happy. Uh, <laughs> to us, at the end of the year, you know, heading close to the All Star break, we'd be right about five hundred. Uh, we'd be ecstatic over that. So um, it's, uh, it's what it looks like in the American League West as of right now. Yeah, the Astros are just, they're, they, they're turning up on another level. They recently did a series against all New York teams. It was Mets, the Mets, Yankees, Mets, Yankee, as in a singular Yankee game, but they swept the Mets, split the Yankees, swept the Mets, won against the Yankees, so really best three out of five. So you just have a winning record throughout then, facing the best team in the AL, the best team in the NL. Lance McCullers is on the verge of coming back. He said earlier today that he is, feels completely healthy. He's been doing, you know, ramping up his pitches. He's probably set to make a rehab start pretty soon. You're going to see him in the second half. And... Their run differential is starting to get up into the top tier elements with a plus 91. You're now you're talking about triple digit territory like the Dodgers and the Yankees. So it's just the Yankee, the Astros, their lineup is so stacked. They're so deep. Jordan Alvarez is playing outside of his mind. Uh, really, it's it, the MVP is between him and Judge at this point. Very comparable numbers, but. 
Jordan, ever since he got paid, he's just a freak of nature, man. <laughs> he's he's so good and worth every penny of that. What was it? One hundred sixteen million dollars, a complete steal. But hey, it was his choice. He signed the dotted line. He, I mean, the Astros, Jim Crane, he is just such a good owner. Uh, yeah, he overlooked the scandal. But hey, when it comes to fiscal responsibility, Crane knows what he's doing. Yes. <laughs> Out goes Correa, in comes Pena, an AL Rookie of the Year front runner for crying out loud. So the future is bright for the Astros, and I just don't see it turning off anytime soon. Our farm system is so deep. It's just people. Other teams just need to emulate us at some point if they want to go to the top. And really, it's just it takes suffering. But it's just if you have a very sustainable farm system, it where you just have we just have we have so many people like our second tier people that are not quite the forty man. Any one of those guys really could be a starter on another team. It's just I'm telling you, our starters are so. It's so incredibly deep, and it's just going to benefit us because we can trade. Uh, trade deadline's coming up, and in fact, the trade deadline's coming up by the end of this month. So, I mean, I really think the Astros, they de- I think they definitely need to get some extra bullpens, maybe some more lefties, lefty relievers. But, man, I'm not worried about the Astros at all. I think hopefully they can get number one or two seed, get that home field, get that home field advantage. Uh, I think that by as far as far as the Rangers, oh man, I think you've covered it well. Uh, they are five games out of the wild card. At this at this point, this is all they have to hope for. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, we'll see. <laughs> Wait, like we're gonna. <laughs> for for the stories that we have been co- storylines that we've been covering with the American League and uh, really over the past couple like past month to month and a half to change, we're going to need to see both the Yankees and the Astros like really really falter and just like completely shake up uh, what uh, what the final uh, you know standings and seating could be for the American league this year, because other than that, yeah, it's, uh, and see just more weakness exposed in, uh, in the American league East for it, it to look like, you know, teams like the, uh, the white Sox or the guardians or the Rangers or the, uh, the Mariners really have a legitimate shot of getting up there, uh, in the one of those final spots in the postseason field and have any possibility to, uh, to, to make some noise there. But right now it just doesn't seem like the, uh, the Rangers have the horses to do it. They sure don't. Um, you know, maybe next year, right? You just keep, I guess you just keep saying that and <laughs> it just, it never comes to fruition. Hey, very, we do that bad. across the streets with the Cowboys all the time. So, uh, yes. <laughs> we're used to it. Uh, oh, the Cowboys don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, it, anyway, uh, last but not least, the NL West, and it is the Dodgers show. They have the best record in the National League, the best run differential, also with a very impressive plus 140. They are starting to gain some breathing room on the Padres. Why? Well, they swept them in a <laughs> well, no, scratch that. They won three out of four games against them recently. So that's gonna help. But they did lose a series against the Karakis beforehand. 
But they then, of course, they beat up on their little brother, the Padres, and they also won against the Rockies on uh, 4th of July. This Dodger squad, you just, they're so deep. They're kind of like the Astros. It's just, they have a good system as well. Uh, Trey Turner, 11 bombs, 850 OPS. Insanity. Freddie Freeman, Mr. Stuck in LA. Freddie Freeman, 10 bombs, 302 batting average, 876 OPS. Very impressive. Justin Turner continues to underperform with a 699 OPS. Cody Bellinger, 11 bombs, 666 OPS. I guess baby steps when it comes to that guy. It's good to see him actually somewhat contribute as opposed to just be completely non-existent. <laughs> Chris Taylor recently got injured, which is a huge blow to them. He is super utility man. He has a left foot fracture. Hope to see him back soon. Mookie Betts is doing Mookie Betts things. 17 bombs, uh, 540 slugging, 895 OPS. Insanity. Will Smith, 807 OPS, 13 bombs. My goodness. I mean, that's just out of a catcher, for crying out loud. I mean, that guy's just got all the swag in the world. Um, pitching continues to be elite. Tony Goslin, 154 ERA. I mean, what? 0.82 whip? This guy's got to be in the Scion conversation. And, you know, this all this to talk about Walker Bueller's falling off, falling off a map. He's been dealing with injury issues. But Goslin, Arias, is a 257 ERA. Anderson, 309. I mean, this, that's elite numbers. This is, this is a team that is so deep. Craig Kimbrell, yeah, 478 ERA, not that great. But it just it doesn't matter really at this point because everyone else is picking up the slack. And the Padres, they're five games back. Granted, they lost a lot against the Dodgers. And they did take a blow because, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Tatis never came back. It's just, his his situation is just far too volatile. I mean, it's it, you just don't you never know, which is just sad. I mean, San Diego is such a beautiful city, and it's about time that they have someone uh, to to celebrate like Tatis. He's been the face of the baseball for crying out loud. But it, it's just, and as of recent, on the third, I mean, he. The Padres are considering having him play the outfield when he's able to return to action. That is, I guess that's to lessen the wear and tear on him and maybe put him in the outfield. He played, heck, he played there last year a little bit and he was able to do pretty well, but I just, whatever they can do to get him back because I think he will bring a lot of excitement. Manny Machado continues to hold his own. 915 OPS and 12 bombs. The guy's probably going to be an all-star. Uh, Jake Cronenworth, 720 OPS. Profar with the 745 OPS. I mean, Haseon Quim, for crying out loud, 678 OPS. It's actually not too, that's actually not that great, but it's just their pitching is what's really keeping them in the mix. Joe Musgrove, 225 ERA, a Scion caliber performance for sure you darvish i know he had a stint in, uh, at the, for, with the rangers some might say that that was the best numbers he ever put up and they might be right but i mean 353 era 1.01 whip is still pretty darn good he has pitched the most innings out of anybody on that team shamanaya 418 
ERA. You also got the likes of Nick Martinez and Mackenzie Gore, Blake Snell, all of them with ERAs in the three range. Uh, aside from Blake Snell, Blake Snell is a five thirteen ERA. Uh, what the heck, man? You win a Cy Young and then you go downhill. I mean, what are you doing, man? <laughs> no wonder the Rays gave gave you up. <laughs> but, uh, and then of course the Giants are nine and a half games back. It would be cool if it was a three horse race because I mean, let's just be honest. It's cool if it's more than a two horse race, but I guess you'll just have to see. But alas, that is it. L.A. Big Markets. That is the name of the game until otherwise said. So there you have it. There goes our predictions. Some tight races, some not so tight races, but it's still exciting. Nonetheless, All-Star Game is upon us, people, and we're definitely going to hit that up. We also have the Field of Dreams game coming up pretty soon, so a lot of cool milestones to look forward to. But we'll go ahead and end with the no doubter rankings. This one was a lot more tight. You have the Red Sox at number 10 because they deserve some notoriety. Brewers at number 9. So both of those are unchanged. Cardinals going down a little bit at the number 8 position. That's just, they've just been cooling down a little bit. The Twins moving up a spot to the number 7 position. They're really coming into their own. Padres, again, they've gotten beaten up by the Dodgers, so they move down to the number six position. The Braves just continue to be excited about this team. I mean, they just, they're in the number five position, and I don't regret that at all because, I mean, come on. Plus 52 run from differential, 47 and 34, which is better than really any, it's better than any AL East record aside from the Yankees, and it's just, they're really starting to get hot. So they are at the number five position. Number four is the Mets. They do go down a little bit. Uh, they have they did get beat up by the Astros. So you know it's they they couldn't shine when the light was brightest. Uh, the Dodgers going up because the Dodgers the Dodgers are number three, and then of course the Astros are at number two. We have to keep the Yankees at number one, but it might not be for long. The Astros are knocking on that door. They were number one at the very beginning of our preseason rankings. Will they return? Uh, we will see. But man, it's just the top. The, these top four teams—they're all in big cities: New York, L.A., Houston. These are these these all these cities are the most populated in America, with the exception. Of Chicago, which begs the di- which begs the question, Travis, why can't a big market team like Chicago be good? <laughs> Come on, I don't it's- know, man. There's there's something in the water there off the Lake Michigan. It's uh, it, uh, it's, the, it's messing with their uh, with their acumen and decision making for uh, <laughs> the front office. Uh, there, you know what happens, right? They dye the river bl- green. Yes, they dive the Chicago River green, and then they drink uh, (laughs) every uh, St. Patrick's Day, (laughs) and everybody drinks it. And drink green green water doesn't work (laughs) out well for you. (laughs) Yes, it ends up with you just being amounting to nothing in anything. (laughs) On that note, T Bunny, let's let, let let's land the plane, man. Yes, sir. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Because uh, yes. a, yeah, we're uh, <laughs> the wheels are starting to fall off, and b, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, 
So friends, this has been another great episode of No Doubter here. We just asked some things out of y'all as we're, uh, we're wrapping it up today. First off, uh, you should be, you should have done this like way long ago, but if you haven't, <laughs> you should be subscribed to No Doubter. You do that wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, really whatever podcasts are found, we are there. Subscribe. Don't miss out on anything that we put out. That also includes our YouTube channel as well too, which helps us put out these live streams of our show. If you want to listen to our show, uh, you can do so live and see our pretty faces in the process. YouTube yes. is a great place to do that. In addition to us uh, being able to stream it as well through our Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, leave us a review to let us know how you've enjoyed. No doubter. Make sure that you are uh, looped in with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram are both going to be at No Doubter Pod. Boom and myself are also on Twitter at BoomBostic21 and at Travis Lawfully. Take a look at our Patreon if you've never done so before. We have a great uh, Patreon program where uh, you know you can join us there and we can start building a community of people that are passionate about the sport of baseball, giving even greater level of access to our show. It'll help us recoup some costs along the way. Uh, you know, when you're part of our Patreon community, you are part of helping make the show possible. And we give shout outs as such, uh, no matter what level you're part of. So shout out to a couple guys here. First off, Mr. Tad Bostick, our longest standing patron, and our Patreon producer, Mr. Don Hale, all the way up there at the legend level um, here in our Patreon community. We can have thank you all, you fellas, enough for your support of our show. Check out our merch store. Our partner at Public has done an incredible job putting together uh, various uh, items of swag, including t-shirts, baseball shirts, hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, uh, coffee mugs, you know, pop sockets for your phone. Uh, there's all sorts of little uh, little items you can get there in the store uh, to help spread the word about No Doubter in your everyday life. Stuff that you can wear, stuff for the kiddos, stuff for uh, for the desk at the office. Really, the uh, there's great selection there from Public that they've put together for us. You'll see the links for all those things in the description below. Boom. We're landing the plane. Now let's, uh, let's deplane the plane. <laughs> there you go. A lot, just like I was over the weekend, wheels up, wheels down. Uh, guys, I know we just came back from the holiday weekend, but let's go into this week. Back to work, back to the grind. No doubt or way. Batting 400 and always swinging for the fences. We love y'all. We will see y'all next week. This episode of No Doubter is produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Boston. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silbrook. 